Are you tired of searching through countless sports betting sites to find the best odds and deals? Look no further than BetStamp, the ultimate tool for sports bettors. BetStamp is your all-in-one platform for sports betting with real-time odds and analysis from top sportsbooks in the industry. With BetStamp, you'll never miss a beat when it comes to finding the best deals and maximizing your winnings. BetStamp also provides advanced features such as bankroll tracking and betting trends, so you can make informed decisions and stay ahead of the game. And with their user-friendly interface and personalized alerts, you'll always be in control of your bets and never miss out on a winning opportunity. BetStamp allows you to follow other users to be instantly notified they are tracking their picks. Following winning users in the BetStamp pick marketplace is a great way to find new bets. So why wait? Download BetStamp now using the code DIEHARDS and take your betting game to the next level. The odds are ever in your favor. So uh, we're happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, you know, the New Jersey Devils have been uh, one of the best teams and had like some of the craziest records of this season so far. Uh, so one of the questions we wanted to ask to you, being a uh, New Jersey Devils connoisseur, um, would be what do you see um, the New Jersey Devils going into playoffs as? Do you see them as a cup contender? Uh, do you think... And do you think the uh, trade deadline acquisitions changed your perspective on that? I mean, honestly, going into this season, uh, I did a couple other podcasts where I said we'd be like an 85, 90 point team, maybe pushing 95 at most. And I think we're already at like 86, 88, whatever it is. Um, So they've already surpassed my expectations this year. So I almost like don't want to give expectations because I feel like they could just go do whatever they want. Um, I think we have a really, really tough first round matchup. Any way you cut it at this point, looking at how the, you know, playoffs are shaping up, it's looking like we're going to get the Rangers first round unless something drastic happens. Like we pass, you know, the hurricanes or Rangers drop out below the penguins or something like that. Um, but you know, that Rangers devils first round makes me really nervous. Uh, I could see this team losing in the first round. I could see this team going to the cup finals at this point. Like, I really think anything is possible. They've been so weird to predict this season because um, they went on that massive win streak early in the season. Then they seem to like bottom out and have a terrible December. And then they've been really, you know, really good since um, some things, you know, I feel like we started to see some cracks in the armor. Goaltending hasn't been quite as good recently. Um, so it's one of those things where, if the goalies are good and the team's playing well, there's no reason why they can't make a cup run even this year. Uh, but I'm trying to temper my expectations a little bit. Um, you know, first round matchup is going to be really, really tough. So anything can happen here. Um, I, I really am <laughs> putting like all my focus on just the first round for now. Uh, the The deadline acquisitions certainly help. Uh, I think going into this season, again, we were looking at this as like, year one of the window and you don't really put all your chips in year one of the window. And I know there's a school of thought that's like, well, no, you put your chips in if you're in the window at all. I get that. Um, But getting Timo Meyer, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Tom Fitzgerald's plan for the devils and Meyer's not meant to be a rental. He, you know, we got him RFA. They're working on an extension. He, He was really brought in to be part of the whole window, not just this year. So I think he definitely, definitely helps us this year. And I think he pushes us into that contender status for this year. Um, but I, I think he pushes us into that contender status for a couple years to come now, even. So, you know, the sky's the limit for this team, but we're not used to this. <laughs> this really is, you know, year one of us being like this. I mean, 
Last year, they had 67 points total. End of the season. So, uh, you know, sky's the limit, but we're so used to the basement that it, it, it's almost hard to plan, you know, to be a contender here. And I had one more question about Timo Meyer. Like, I totally agree. That's like being a fan of a team that was kind of mediocre for so long and maybe mediocre is even a generous word. Um, <laughs> like going from something where you're like consistently not making every year, getting a high pick and then in the trade for Timo Meyer, not having to give up any of those pieces that you got with those extremely high picks. How did that feel seeing the package that you had to give up to get a perennial 30 goal scorer? You know, it was so funny because if you guys remember uh, when that trade happened, the pieces like trickled in, like we got one at a time, you know, for, for like two hours. Yeah. And so originally it was announced that I think Fabian Zetterland and like a first round pick were part of the deal. And I was sitting there going, no way. This is the best trade that's ever happened. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like, like, like someone should get fired for this in San Jose. And then, you know, again, it started to trickle in like, oh, well, actually there's another potential first for next year. And then, um, you know, Shakir Mukmadulin was added and then Andreas Johnson was added and it ended up being like, okay, all right, we can't get excited yet. Cause we don't know, like it might still keep coming. Like I was just waiting to see like, um, you know, uh, uh, a prospect that I I don't even want to say his name because I, I never thought Luke Hughes was going to get traded. Like I, it was never a possibility for me, but you know, part of me was waiting to see a name like Luke Hughes come up on my Twitter feed, just being like, ah, this trade's not as good as I thought. And they kept coming in. And then the final like trade package came in and it really wasn't that bad. We didn't give up, you know, Hughes, Nemitz, any of the like really premier prospects we have sucks to lose Zetterland. Um, I liked Mook Madulin as a prospect, but we're talking about a fringe possible good prospect and a guy who, you know, I think Zetterland was a third round pick who was fighting for like a middle six spot for Timo Meyer, Like you said, a perennial 30 goal score. It's like, you got to give up a little bit to get a lot. And I think we did that. Um, it, it, it's really, really nice that we didn't necessarily break the bank for it. We didn't give up the Luke Hughes, the Nemitz, those kind of guys. Um, and and even some of the other guys that were on the table, like Dawson Mercer and Yegor Sharangovich, we got to keep all of them. Uh, it, it's honestly, I think that is the product of what we've been doing for a few years now. We've stockpiled all these guys to the point where it's like, you know, when you have two prospects and you trade away two prospects, you just, you know, you, you're screwed. You lost everything. But when you have 15 prospects and you trade away two of them, who cares? <laughs> we made our team better by getting rid of surplus. Mook Madulin, you know, first round pick, hasn't made it to the NHL yet, but he's a defenseman. We are so log jammed in defense with so many better prospects that it's like he's a good prospect, but he's not really ever going to be a devil. So getting rid of him is like we literally just, you know, trimmed some fat, so to speak, got rid of the surplus to get what we actually needed, I think it was a perfect trade for us, you know, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, we were looking at top nines of teams, I uh, guess in the NHL, like especially with Boston adding as well. And I'd say New Jersey is right up there with almost anyone in the league. It's, it's pretty scary, especially when they have like such a solid yeah. defense core too. It's like, I'm so jealous. It happened overnight too. I mean, look at this team last year. I mean, 
and don't get me wrong, there were you know some circumstances last year that made it way worse than it really should have been. Mm-hmm. But looking at this team the past few years and looking at them now is like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how, but you're right. I, I I would agree with that. Yeah, no, the and I think the decor for me is the the special part of this team that no one really talks about as much. Like Siegenthaler was a player that I I didn't see him turning into this when he was on the Cavs, but it was also just because he never got the opportunity with us. And uh, it's kind of slightly annoying seeing how well he's doing with uh, with Dougie Hamilton there. Um, yeah, and and uh, you gave us Vanacek as well. Yeah, the the goalie situation kind of just worked out in like a weird way for like all three teams, but yeah. Um, Vanacek is the one that I, I had. I think I was the only one that ho- had hope for him in, in Washington, and things kind of just fell apart when he got injured in the playoffs that one year, and then it, it just never came to fruition. But uh, my first question would be so I'm the one out of us three that probably <laughs> follows your Twitter account the most, and it is uh, one of my favorite things to go go look at when I'm uh, when I'm Thank scrolling you. Twitter. Um, Mostly the the trolling of Rangers fans is quite high on that list. But uh, um, so my first question is just how did this how did your account come to be? Like I, I see your bio says something about uh, you just not wanting to annoy your fiance, and it's just <laughs> yeah, it became a result of that. But how was this like? How did it become a brat specific account? Yeah, so um, about a year and a half ago, I want to say I, I really haven't you know been around that long on hockey Twitter. Um, I was just using my personal Twitter, you know, friends, family, hockey reporters, whatever it was. And anytime the devils would post, I would see like in the replies, there would be all these like fake accounts, so to speak, like, you know, Nico Hishier supporter, Pavel Zaka fan, like, uh, you know, all, all these like, you know, burner accounts that I really, I had no idea of like the world or community behind it. I mean, I didn't know devil's Twitter was even a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, people just follow the devil's account on Twitter. Like I didn't realize fan accounts and burners and all this stuff existed. And I think it was um, like the trade deadline, maybe two seasons ago where I started following all the insiders and the reporters and all that. And I started to notice that my whole feed was just hockey. Like my friends, my family, I'm into like music stuff that I just like, wasn't seeing anymore. It was just like all hockey all the time. And I was like, all right, listen, we got to like figure something out here. And I know Twitter has like a list feature or whatever, but I was like, why don't I just make a second account so that I can have hockey on one page and like unfollow everyone on my personal account, hockey related. So my personal account stays on my personal stuff and I could just check the timeline for hockey news on the other account. So, you know, like I said, I, I had seen these, you know, burners before that were all like kind of these like cartoon caricatures of these other players with like poorly photoshopped like you know edits here so i was like okay whatever like i'll just make one of those i'll I'll pick a player and i mean it is my favorite player jesper bratt um i was like i'll make one brat themed uh and i'll kind of just hold on to it to follow and so i made the account and as it kind of progressed and i started seeing like wait no like this is kind of like a community here like these people talk to each other like it's like a thing Um, You know, I started following a bunch of people and started like interacting with everyone. Um, And from there, I can barely explain the rest of it. I don't know kind of how it evolved from there. I just posted like jokes and memes and stuff. And I don't know, like the follower account just started to go up a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I think I hit like a few hundred and 
just to be like again just to be part of the community started posting like memes like over and over again like when they would lose i would post the same meme every time type thing um and at the end of last season i would post a meme of jesper of um grant gustin over the grave um you know the the funeral meme where if the devil's lost but jesper brat scored a point it would be like devil's lose brat point and i started posting that because it started happening a lot i mean he was scoring a lot last year they were losing a lot of games last year and people started to like i don't know get used to it and pay attention to it and look forward to it and like it's like i said the follower count just started to go up and up and up and i was just like okay like maybe i'll just continue doing this um so funny enough it actually had nothing to do with my fiance uh (laughs) she 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 hates that bio because she thinks that it makes her like look bad like she asked me to like make a separate account or something which is so like far from the truth i did it myself to like not annoy her with my hockey stuff because it was taking over my life um but yeah no from there it just like i mean the rest is history as i say like i I don't know just it just kept going up and it's you know, I, I can't explain it. I just post what I think is funny mm-hmm. and people seem to like it. That's awesome, man. And uh, that exact meme is now used for on Caps Twitter for whenever Ovechkin scores and we lose. Really? <laughs> I don't think I've seen that, but that's it's hilarious. The exact same thing, <laughs> it's the whole like thought map because we're just like, well, let's get the record. Who cares if we ever make the playoffs again? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were sellers <laughs> at the deadline, but they're exactly. still pushing him to score as many goals as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. So my my next question is just who is the coolest person that you've gotten recognition from aside from Brat himself? Yeah, I mean, obviously number one is Jasper <laughs> Brat himself. Um, you know, there's been a few things um that have been like absolutely unreal. Um I think probably the coolest person, like single person, is Kevin Weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh I have um a, a weird little inside connection to uh you know, the studio where he works. And I heard actually months before he actually ever like referenced it on air. So, uh, my friend had messaged me and said like, Hey, like, just so you know, like, you know, works behind the scenes is like, but I've talked to Kevin, like he knows about you, like loves what you're doing. And like, even that was like so cool and ridiculous and whatever. So when he mentioned it on air, it was just like the cherry on top of the cake of like, Oh my God, this is real. Like, and not only for me, but when I met Jesper Bratt, and I was talking to him about it. He said, oh, yeah, like I heard Kevin Weeks talking about it. And I think that's like the coolest thing. And I was like, wait, if you think that's the coolest thing, then like I did. I'm like I was in the clouds by that point. Yeah. Um, but the probably the single like coolest moment, just because it's not like a single person, is um, when they're playing the Maple Leafs in Toronto uh, earlier this year, Jasper Bratt scored a goal. And um, I forget what network they're on. Um tsn i think mm-hmm. um after jesper bratt scored his goal tsn aired a clip of jesper bratt walking out on the ice to meet me and they were talking about me and my twitter account and i was just like oh my god like i didn't ask them to do this i didn't know they were doing this i don't know anyone who works there like it was totally random like i wasn't expecting it i think when i saw that that was that was the most like oh my god like this is real like mm-hmm. moment for me for sure that was and the thing is like the connection that I made with you was just like when I was just following you casually, I didn't really realize all the buzz that was around you at the time. And then I heard uh, uh, Paul Biznasty talk about you on Chicklets. Yeah, and I was like, wait, no, I follow this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's how you grew like that, man. It's it, and it's like I said, it's been coming from places that I really, really don't expect it. Like 
when someone um you know on like nhl network or something mentions it and i i don't even know who they are and you know no offense to anyone on nhl network i don't really watch it personally <laughs> but um like jackie redman had mentioned it on on nhl network and i was just like i don't even know who that is like, like that's awesome they know who i am i don't even know like and you know i know who she is now and, and i'm a big fan of her now mm-hmm. uh, but when i when it started to be people that i didn't know anymore yeah. that's when it was just like wow this is crazy and like out of hand awesome that's pretty cool yeah so uh i have a quick question for you i know you mentioned that um you're you'd be pretty nervous going into a playoff series against the rangers yeah um so going into that series right now um if you're if you're looking at that matchup what makes you really confident about the devils and what scares you most about the rangers i mean most confident about the devils is i think their forward group when they're firing on all cylinders is super super scary for the simple fact that they can roll four lines and no matter what line is on the ice they're a threat there is no like defensive checking line it's four lines of skill it's four lines that can score on you and i think you know not a lot of teams can say that um you know a lot of top sixes that are very very strong kind of you know fall off towards the third and fourth line so I think if if they're they're firing on all cylinders, they're clicking, they're doing what they do. I think it's going to be an absolute barrage on uh, Shesterkin. But that brings me to what I'm scared most about uh, against the Rangers: Igor Shesterkin. <laughs> no matter what we bring at him, it's entirely possible that he just stops all of it anyway. Yeah. Um. You know, he he has that ability to steal games and to stand on his head and to do whatever he wants to do. And he's been kind of, um, I don't know, shaky the past few weeks even. So I'm really hoping he's human this playoffs, but just like we saw last year, he can literally do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite as nervous for, you know, their skaters. I, I think honestly, I think the devils stand toe to toe with their skaters. I think pretty 50, 50, if not advantage devils, Mm-hmm. But Chesterkin, like goalies in hockey and Chesterkin especially, just have that ability that if he decides to play like God himself, it mm-hmm. could be a four game series. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's such a wild card when you're playing against him. That is honestly why I like we were talking about Devils Rangers as a series, and I have I was taking the Devils all the way, and it was pretty much just because of five on five play with the Rangers. It's like on any given night they can just dry up offensively at five on five. And it's been pretty evident the last couple of years, right? Where the devil, I don't really see that issue, but I guess special teams then just becomes like a extremely, extremely part of that series. Um, Yeah. The Rangers power play is insane. Um, You play a clean game and five on five. I think the devils beat them, you know, in five, six games, but Chesterkin can push any way he wants. Mm. Do you, think that the devils are planning on eventually going out and getting a goalie or do you think that they're just letting vanishek develop and then maybe some like maybe a prospect or something come as well i, th- I think uh what was that nico dawes he played last year a lot or a decent amount near the end of the season but he kind of fell to the back burner a little bit this year do you think that they make any moves in that regard or no no not at this time i think they put a lot of trust in vanishek uh so far and i just don't see them uh you know doubling back on that quite yet uh Mackenzie Blackwood is hurt right now. They still seem to, you know, roll him out when possible. Yeah. I, I personally think he could use a change of scenery. I don't think he gets another contract in Jersey. 
Um, but um, the backup that we're currently rolling with Akira Schmid, who mm-hmm. um, when our goalies went down last year, uh, both Blackwood and Bernier, Akira Schmid was supposed to be the prospect coming up to like handle the business, get his chance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to be Schmid and Dawes and Schmid just was awful. Just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Dawes ended up coming up and, and doing at least good enough to stick around. But Schmid was always like supposed to be the guy. So he came up this year and has looked exactly like he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's sporting like, a 925 save percentage and like a 1.95 goals against average in like 12 starts, which, you know, is a small sample, but it's not like he's only played a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he continues to be the guy that he is, I don't see any reason why they should really jeopardize the situation. I think Schmidt and Vanacek together ha- have shown that they can at least hold together a playoff team. So I don't think it's like an emergency thing that they're looking mm-hmm. to do, but it's the NHL goalie situation. Anything yeah. can happen anytime. Yeah. I mean, it's like a carousel half yeah. the time. So uh, I don't think it's a, like a, a need or, or like a, a concern right now, mm-hmm. but anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And I guess you do have like an embarrassment of riches on the back end anyway. So like, I think playing behind that team probably isn't as bad. Like you're looking at Colorado's the, the decor last year. And then um, what it is this year with Georgia F2, like, I think any team can do it as long as they have like a decent goalie. And I think Vanacek honestly is, he can be consistent and he, I can still see the making of cup run with him in that. So I, I, I have confidence in him there. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the decor is what it is like mm-hmm. today and we're only adding Luke Hughes and Simone Nemitz next year. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally only getting tighter. I think Severson might be the only guy that's like the odd man out there, like in, like I think he's due for a new contract this at the end of this year, right? Uh yeah, Severson and Graves both yeah. are due for new contracts. And um to be honest, they feel like uh in-house rentals right now mm-hmm. because you know, with Nemitz and Hughes coming up, Graves and Severson seem to be, you know, the only ones that are not locked up long term. And right. there's probably reason for that. Um, so if anyone were to leave, I think those two would, would head out and mm-hmm. that would take a lot of money off our books, you know. Nemitz and Hughes being on entry level contracts versus Severson and, and Graves that get, you know, four and a half million each. Um, I think Graves gets a little less, but mm. you know, that, that $9 million could go towards a certain RFA extension that we need to yeah. sign right now. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> or yeah. one of two. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got Brat coming to this year, isn't it? Brat, yeah. Brat and Meyer, yeah. yeah. Lots of cap space for you guys though. So I don't think it'll be that much of an issue, honestly. I'm not worried about it. A lot of Devils fans have been panicking, thinking two big contracts means we have no money. But mm. between Severson, Graves, Tatar, Wood, Johnson, all coming off the books, we have so much money that yeah. I, I think it gets done. Yeah. So I had a couple more questions, actually, because we don't get to watch <clears throat> Devils games as much as you, I assume. So uh, my question would be to someone who uh, wouldn't watch every game, or maybe a, a name that doesn't jump out to you necessarily. Uh, who on the Devils do you really enjoy their game, or do you think is a really underrated player that people might not uh, think about when thinking of the Devils? I'll tell you, if I started the Brat Pack again today and had to pick another player, just like Jasper Brad at the time, who was like totally under the radar but is guaranteed to be a superstar in a couple of years, Dawson Mercer is the yeah. number one name coming out. He is exactly what we wanted him to be so far 
Um, and I know he's starting to get some recognition because he's on a bit of a hot streak right now. But um, he he is like the next guy up in Jersey to 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 turn some heads. So mm-hmm. you know, my work isn't done with Jesper Bratt. We still <laughs> we still still need that national uh, recognition to be uh, a little higher. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think Dawson Mercer would be next in line if uh, if I were to pick a guy to boost today. And I had a one kind of fun question as well. So your uh, name is the Brat Pack, and usually if you're getting snacks, drinks, something, you get a pack of something. So if you're sitting down for a Devils game, yeah. what's your select choice of drink or snack? What's like your ideal yeah. uh, food to eat while watching the game? So I am a massive creature of habit. I, I pretty much get the same thing every time. Uh, and, and even pre-game going into the game, uh, there's a, um, a bar restaurant across the street from the Prudential Center that has been very, very good to the Brat Pack. So they get a free ad here, American Whiskey. It's the best best place to go before a Devil's Game. Um, so I've usually had at least a few drinks at American Whiskey before going into the game. So by the time I get to the game, it's uh, uh, usually a Bud Light tall boy can and uh I, i'm a soft pretzel guy I, I love soft pretzels and uh most of the time uh especially when i don't eat dinner and i'm having a few drinks i need uh <laughs> i need a pretzel for some carbs to uh to get through the game um but funny enough um the devil's like in-house pretzels like they have like the you know in-house like concession stands and then they have like the auntie ends and stuff I always have to make sure to go to an Auntie Anne stand because the pretzels at the Devil's like concession stand are literally like sawdust dry. They are <laughs> like like you literally cannot eat one without like also taking a sip of your drink at the same time because it just won't go down. So <laughs> I love soft pretzels. They are my my choice, but I have to go Auntie Anne's. I you'll never catch me with a Prudential Center pretzel anymore. Maybe maybe you'll see us down there with you uh, at some point. We'll hit you up and get some soft pretzels and Bud Lights with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, the the Devils have the caps tonight. You're going to be watching. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> were you at the? Uh, uh, so sorry, were, were you at the uh, the game? The, the Leafs and Devils came on Tuesday. Were you there that day? Oh yeah, I've been to both Leafs Devils games this season. Uh, okay, were you throwing <laughs> beers on the ice? I did not. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, I did not throw anything. Uh, I got into a little bit of trouble over a tweet that was uh, uh, encouraging people to, um, <laughs> but 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 to put it on the record for everyone here, uh, I tweeted that well after it had already started. Uh, I I was not the catalyst. Um, not only that, but. I imagine people at the game who were very upset at the time were not looking for my tweets for directions. Yeah. I don't think I had anything to do. So what was and, the, sorry, during that game, what was the atmosphere like after each of those disallowed goals? Oh my God. It was incredible. It was, it. I like, I don't know if I've ever been in a building filled with like that amount of heat. Like, I, I don't know, maybe like a, like WWE WrestleMania when like a heel comes out for the main event type heat, like, that third goal, the level of booing I heard was louder than any level of cheers I've ever heard. It was wow. you, you you could cut the air with a knife. Like um, when they finally scored their goal towards the end of the game, it was the, the place was so tense. And like, like I said, you, you could literally feel it around you. Um, it was, you know, one of the best slash worst atmospheres I've ever been in. 
it, it felt like a Stanley Cup game after the third disallowed goal. Uh, it was it was it was really something. I mean, I think anyone who went to that game would, would agree with that. That it was just everyone; their blood was boiling. Yeah, it's crazy. But I did not throw anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure. I'll make sure that I get that as a TikTok on its own, so people can know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it on TikTok. I did not throw anything. <laughs> Can't right, catch man, me. Uh, thanks for your time, eh? though. Absolutely great interview. I, love, I think the interviewing someone that's actually a fan of a team is actually sometimes better than in, interviewing a player at times because you guys you you give like the honest truth of everything, right? So. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's like kind of what people have taken to in terms of like the the growth of the account is like, I don't work for anyone. I'm not a reporter. I don't write for anyone. Like, I don't have a boss in any of this. Like, I really can just say whatever the hell I want. And like, I just like I I just I do that. I I do what I think is funny. And I think most people most will say also, you know, find it funny. So you know, I, I just, just say whatever comes to mind. And, and I think people kind of do appreciate that sometimes. Yeah. yeah it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I, obviously I don't know exactly what you do for work, but you're super well-spoken. Like we've had other people on that do podcasts all the time. And I would say you're just as good yeah. at like getting your thoughts out there. <laughs> There's no ums and buts, but Thank it's you. uh yeah, we really appreciate you coming on and like Absolutely. speaking your mind and so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, we'd love to have you on again. And I actually, just Come came into time. possession recently of some devil's gear. So Ooh. I'll be wrapping that in the playoffs, assuming <laughs> my team does not make it. So, <laughs> well, well, for my sake, I hope they don't. So you can wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right, man. I think the meeting's about to end. On yeah, it, not so. a problem. Yeah. Thank, thank you so, so much. much man. Appreciate lot, your time. Man. Really, yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to come back anytime.